Thanks for tuning in to the Dutch Podcast. I'm Noah Reed, Vice President of Sales and Marketing for the Dutch Test. Before we get started on this week's episode, I have an exciting announcement to make. This year marks 10 years of the Dutch Test, and we're celebrating that by giving you, our providers and patients, multiple chances to win exciting prizes during the first 10 days of December. Registration is now open, so go to dutchtest.com and click the banner on the screen to learn more. There are 10 ways you get to enter your name into the drawing for great prizes, including free Dutch tests, an aura ring, signed books by functional medicine authors, and the grand prize giveaway. A trip for two to Oregon's Willamette Valley, home of Precision Analytical, to enjoy a two-night stay at the Atticus Hotel, a wine tasting at one of the Willamette Valley's beautiful vineyards, dinner for two at the Joel Palmer House, and a tour of the Precision Analytical Lab, creators of the Dutch Test. Each prize will be given away between December 1st and 10th, with the grand prize announcement happening during a live taping of the Dutch podcast from A4M World Congress in Las Vegas. Visit DutchTest.com and get your name in the drawing. Sign up for the Dutch Digest and follow us on social media to catch all the details about 10 days of Dutch. Thanks to everyone for an amazing 10 years and good luck with the drawings. Now, onto this week's episode. Welcome to another episode of the Dutch Podcast, where integrative medicine providers and patients can learn about hormones and explore the body's most complex communication system. I'm Dr. Jacqueline Smeaton, Chief Medical Officer for Dutch. As a clinician, I focused on fertility and I used Dutch testing to uncover the role that hormones play in a couple's ability to conceive. And now on the Dutch Podcast, I get to be joined by experts in functional medicine who will help us make sense of our body's hormones and take the guesswork out of treating hormone-related issues. Today's guest is Dr. Gio Espinosa. He practices naturopathic and functional medicine to treat urological problems and male-specific conditions. He's also the proud son of Cuban parents, born and raised in the Bronx, and most importantly, a husband and proud dad of three amazing kids. In his work, he's intensely curious about the male biology, the prostate, penile health, and testosterone, and how they affect health, longevity, and performance. Hey, Dr. Gio, thanks for joining me today. Thank you so much, Jacqueline. Very nice to see you, and it is a pleasure to be here with you. I'm so excited to have you here. So I'd love to learn a little bit more about like how and why you got started with Dutch testing. Yeah, most people want to know how and why you get started with prostate and penises. Isn't there other things you prefer <laughs> to do than to put your finger up people's butts and check their penis? Um, Dutch testing. Um, we can't sure start. We'll... Let's start with there. Let's start there then. I mean, now I'm curious. <laughs> It's, it's sort of a scenario that chose me. So, you know, a lot of our colleagues are sort of generalist and they'll, they'll actually get, you know, a lot of them have told me they'd get bored if they were, uh, you know, su had such a narrow specialty. Either our brains work differently or they're just way smarter than I am because I thought it was just too much to treat mm -hmm. every condition, to look for every homeopathic remedy for it, to know the botanicals, the right you know, pharmaceuticals and so forth. It, it was overwhelming to me. Um, so it, it sort of chose me. Uh, I started doing an internship, you know, over 20 years ago. Um, 
in urology and then did some excellent other internships in Columbia University, some prestigious uh, academic institutions. That's another story. Why, why would a naturopath be there? I've been at NYU now for 12 years. So it's amazing. It's been amazing. So I've had this curiosity for men's health. Part was to just figure out how my body worked. And the other part is that um, men, men constantly wanted to see me even before I was a specialist in this area. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, the notion of don't you get tired and bored? It's not never. I, I, I never. Uh, it's just so much to know how the male physiology works and even prostate problems. You know, just yesterday I had a patient come in with a P so PSA, right, is the biomarker for prostate. It's typically about zero to four, give or take. This patient uh, uh, was 3,500 PSA. Oh my goodness. And wow, not, 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 high. not com- in my world is not too uncommon, um, but yeah, it doesn't happen every day. Most interestingly is that he didn't have bone metastasis for prostate cancer. I've never seen a case with a PSA mm. that thousands. So this is like, whoa, what's happening here? So that's the kind of stuff that keeps it interesting from a testosterone perspective. And we'll dive right in, in terms of how I use the Dutch. Um, it's fascinating. You see a guy with 800 testosterone, but with symptoms of hypogonadism. Um, you mm. see a guy with testosterone of 350, 400, and it's just an incidental finding and have zero symptoms. Um, so it's, it's, uh, it's, it's fascinating. And I think that, um, so going right into how I use the Dutch test, I use both serum and Dutch test, and I use them both all the time. One is because if I need to have a conversation with their endocrinologist or urologist, um, uh, they're not going to, they don't know about Dutch tests or the urine test, right? Mm-hmm. I, that's a conversation I have with other functional medicine, naturopathic doctors. Number two is because um, I do like to compare the two um, and see, you know, um, kind of just compare them and see uh, commonalities, uh, if any, between the two. Um, so Dutch tests I use with men, um, with men, <laughs> with most men with um, that come to me for hypogonadism. So um, mm-hmm. I, or they think they do, or they have symptoms that are related to um, low testosterone. Um, um, I, and I use it, and it's such a fabulous test um, uh, because you can see the metabolites very clearly from the testosterone, what, what the body does with this hormone. Um, if you're making, for example, for some reason, too much testosterone, uh, too much estradiol from testosterone, then patient is not going to feel oftentimes great. Or if they make too much. And that can pain. actually, it can like mimic the symptoms of low testosterone, right? Adequate Correct. testosterone, but kind of high estrogen. Yeah. We see yeah. That a lot. And even high DHT, for example, uh, yeah. I'll give you, I'll give you a case mm-hmm. in point. I had a patient who came in and he's using top. So testosterone, you can use, uh, from a TRT perspective. You can use pellets, you can use injections, or you can use topicals. And now oral, the oral ones are might have just come out. Um, he was using oral, uh, not oral, topical testosterone, right? TRT. Feeling like crap. Like, that doesn't make sense. It, well, I didn't prescribe uh, the TRT. Someone else did. He comes in, I still feel horrible. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Look at blood work. Testosterone is actually low in the... 200s DHT is like three times as high. So his DHT was much greater than his testosterone. That scenario will always make someone feel like crap with the DHT is just mm. too high. Why is that? The reason is because top because you have a lot of the enzyme that converts testosterone to DHT, dihydrotestosterone, 5-alpha reductase. 
you have that enzyme certainly around your prostate and throughout the body, but you certainly have a lot of it on your, right there on your skin. So what happened was oh, that the testosterone that. converted, yeah, the testosterone converted to too much DHT. Uh, and then the body tells, right, the negative feedback loop, if you have high DHT, your body is telling your brain that it doesn't need testosterone, right? The hypothalamic mm -hmm. pituitary. Or if you have a high estradiol, it, it stops that process. So high DHT causes low testosterone. And that was happening because he was doing a topical. I got him off and so forth, and then he did well. But but that showed both in a Dutch and in serum. So that's, you know, so it's very valuable. That's great. And we do talk about like with TRT, the Dutch isn't really a, the best tool to monitor dosing yeah. with, with testosterone. It's great yeah. for estrogen, but yeah. not as great for testosterone. But the good thing is serum is excellent for monitoring therapy. So the Dutch is really a good way to augment that because like you said, you can see so many other aspects of metabolism, you know, both in estrogens and DHT. So what tests do you most often order? Like, is it the Dutch Plus or the Dutch Complete? <clears throat> the Dutch Complete, right? That's our I most think, popular. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's yep. the one. I want to look at cortisol levels. So I have this hashtag thing. Of course, I have teenage daughters. So we hashtag everything. Uh, cortisol castrates. Um, so I want to see where the cortisol, ah. you know, what's going on with cortisol. Because if it's too high, that's another uh, element that reduces um, testosterone production. So the Dutch Complete it's complete. <laughs> it's really good. Yeah. That's a great point. Cause you're right. Like with testosterone, you have some like pretty major drivers of lowering testosterone, right? You have stress, you have sleep, you have alcohol. Certainly mostly what I'm looking at is what's happening with DHT and estradiol, because that has a significant effect uh, on the male mm -hmm. body. If those are not in proper ratios, yeah, I think another thing that you want to know is the following. So I've had a patient, I've had a few patients where the serum levels are fine, both total and free, but urine levels, Dutch test levels are really, really low, um, you know, beyond, uh, you know, the cutoff. And, and, and I was, you know, that kind of threw me off. And then this whole conversation with patients. Hmm. What's happening is that um, testosterone is metabolized um, and excreted two ways. One is through the liver and the other one is through the kidney then and out in the urine, which is what we measure. measure. When it, for it to be excreted down, out the urine, it requires um, a certain gene uh, called UGT gene. And that UGT, UGT gene is um, there's mutations that occur like mm -hmm. anywhere else. So you don't necessarily see um, testosterone levels in the urine in that scenario, um, but you would see it in serum. So I think it's very important for the audience to know if there's a scenario where serum is fine, Dutch test is abnormally low, including DHT is low because of course it's not metabolized. Epi testosterone is actually high in this scenario. That means that it's a UGT mutation and you mm -hmm. have to go only by serum. You cannot use the Dutch test in that patient. Uh, I've seen it in... Uh, I've seen that scenario occur in all sorts of uh, uh, ethnicities, but it's most common in the Asian population. So that's yeah. important to know. It, exactly. Yeah, it's like less than 10% in the general population, but in the Asian population, it's over 80% of people mm -hmm. that have that SNP. So it's great that you mentioned that. And in that case, 
you know, nothing's wrong with you. It's your, you just have a different metabolic preference for testosterone that makes That's urine right. testing not the best measure for you individually. That's yeah. That's right. Yep. Excellent. Well, can you share an example of like how you've worked with the Dutch test with a patient? Maybe give yes. us a, an interesting, juicy case. Juicy. Well, the most interesting case was uh, similar to what I just spoke about. Um, you know, he's looking to, you know, so men, they read on the internet, say, I want testosterone, right? Uh, and you don't, you know, the sexual component of hypogonadism um, is about 50% psychological. So it's not always physiological or biochemical. Um, so that's important to note. So they come in because they feel like they need it and they read things online or their friends are on it. And so this is that scenario, but his numbers were very good. It was serum 570, free testosterone. That's the other thing. Um, I had patients with 800 testosterone, which is good, but below optimal, even below normal free testosterone. So that was one case that we saw. And what mm. we, what, ha, what, what happened there is that his, his, through the Dutch test, his testosterone was just metabolizing way too much estradiol. As a, as a side note, I would say this about estradiol in men. Lower is not better necessarily. It's about ratios. Men need mm. estrogen. Very important for many, including libido. So men think, people think, even practitioners think more testosterone, better, higher libido. You need a right ratio of, of estradiol for libido, not to mention cardiovascular health and bone health in men. So lower is not always better. It's the right ratio. Ratios can be anywhere with 20, 20 to one or so in, in men, 20, 25 to one. So in his case, actually, his estradiol was a little bit too high. Um, so it was converting. It was it was going on that pathway, not so much freeing up the testosterone. And his SHBG was very high, six hormone binding globulin, which is mm -hmm. what um, how our, our hormones are transported. So we were able to fix that with natural methods, actually, very nicely. Um, and then he's, he's fine. So that, that's a recent case where, um, where we saw a very nice before and after. That's really cool because you might, like if a man wasn't responding to TRT and all you were trusting was serum, you might increase the dose of testosterone that's in order right. to try to help him feel better. But what I'm hearing you say is that it wasn't actually the dose. It was that he was moving too much of it to estrogen. So I imagine you use some aromatase inhibiting, you know, support. We have a lot of natural products, right? To help to right. kind of prevent it from converting to estrogen and kind of keeping more on the testosterone side. Sure. I use chrysin as one, as one. Um, but I also use some nettle root um, mm. uh, and magnesium. So these are the magnesium and nettle root are my, uh, two of my go-to um, natural methods to free up testosterone. Yeah. For, to, con uh, to avoid conversion or too much conversion, I use chrysin, other things. Um, and yeah, they do work really, really, really well. Um, and, and, you know, there's some lifestyle components as well. That's very nice. Um, mm -hmm. that he was able to, cause the other thing is, are they able to do what you're asking them to do? I, I firmly, you know, I'll get off a soapbox really quickly, but I firmly believe that lifestyle methods do work very well in optimizing male hormones. The question is not that the question is, are they willing to do what they need to do? And sometimes mm -hmm. they're so down and out that they do need TRT. And it's not, and the other thing I want to say about that, um, and we'll go back to testing, but I think it's important for people to know, it's not so much testosterone. Sometimes you have people with 1,000, 1,200 testosterone, they feel still feel like crap. Their androgens receptors are either weak or not bound well, or 
or not too many androgen receptors. So if there's not enough androgen receptors in a the body, then that's a problem. So, and there's- What can lead to that? Is um, that something where like they could be on too high dosing? I know for women, yeah. actually stress causes a reduction in progesterone receptors yeah. and um, also FSH receptors in the ovary. Is it similar mm-hmm. with men where it can be stress mediated? Stress, whether psychological, physiological, emotional, or just, you know, underslept, high cortisol, blah, 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 mm-hmm. all the, you know, lifestyle uh, things. And one of the things, so I always thought that um, I get all my male patients to do weight resistant training. Um, one of the things that it does, I used to think, and I was wrong, actually, I used to think that that increases testosterone. It might in a very acute scenario. Um, that's the other, that's the other component that sometimes things raise testosterone acutely, but not long-term. So some mm-hmm. of the studies, you have to read it that way. But what it does seem to do um, is it stimulates more androgen receptors and healthier androgen receptors. So that's another benefit from exercise, but particularly weight-resistant training. That's great. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. I mean, we don't get to talk about men. We at Dutch spend a lot of time talking about women, as I'm sure you know. Uh, and so it's nice to hear more from an expert who's you know, using this for men, because I think you're right. It offers a different look or a different perspective beyond what can be done in serum. So thanks for sharing a little bit about this with us and about your My practice. pleasure. My pleasure. Yeah. Uh, and thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in today. Come back next week for more hormone education just like this. And if you're enjoying the Dutch podcast, please help us spread the word by commenting and sharing wherever you listen. Don't forget to follow at Dutch test on Instagram and Facebook for news education, and provider resources. And if you're a healthcare provider struggling to find answers to your complex patient concerns, especially hormonal, registering as a Dutch provider will give you the tools you need to profoundly change the lives of your patients. Dutch providers receive advanced hormone education, comprehensive test results, clinical support, and much more. Just visit dutchtest.com and click on providers at the top of the page to get started. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you again next week.